Oh, that's a good sound effect. We're just walking out the gate. So strictly, strictly speaking, we don't normally start our recordings until we're in the car, but I thought for today, we would start it as we're leaving from the gate. How do you feel about that, Gemma? I feel, oh, God, it fell over. Wow, I can't do two things at once. I feel good about that. Sorry about that. That's Thanks for trying to do something dramatic to make the episode more interesting. <laughs> Sorry. Appreciate that. We've got Eloise here. Are you okay, Eloise? Yeah. All good. What have you been doing today? Uh, been playing games. What's your favourite game to play? Uh, my favourite game is Ninjago. Ninjago's. That sounds good, doesn't it? Ninjago's. What's your favourite game to play, Gemma? Oh, good question. Can I think about that one? I've got a few at the minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you not silly not played that for a long time? I, I know how to play it. What's my favourite game? I really like Dobble at the minute, actually. Yeah, Dobble, that's a good one. Oh, good yeah, one. I love Dobble. And um, the yes-no game is my favourite at the minute, I think. Oh, yeah. We have to answer questions really quickly and you're only allowed to say yes or no. Okay, let's play that. Um, oh gosh, I can't just do it off the top of my head. You have like cards to read. So I think... Okay, right, are you ready? Yeah. So you're out, you just said yeah. Oh, blast. <laughs> so, this is going to be... So, so it's people, teachers from school, okay? Okay. Teachers from school, get it. Yeah. Yeah. Go. Go. Uh, what are we doing? Me. <laughs> Anyway, we're at, you can probably hear the wind. It's uh, springtime. Just it feels about. so springy. Yeah. Just, so springy. Just about. We're getting there. Um, so, yeah. So, here we go with another episode of... What's it called? Car 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 Wow, rolling back the years. We'll probably do a... Cue title music. Title music, go. Gemma's Audi A7. A7? What is it? It's an A, um, A3. What should we talk about today? I, uh, can I just get out of this space first? Sorry about that. <laughs> wow, I realise there's a reason I don't park on that side of the car park and it's because it's really trying to get out of. That was so boring, I'm so sorry. <laughs> You're really hard on yourself for parking. <laughs> Every day you gosh. park and you go, oh gosh, I've done a terrible job. And it's totally <laughs> fine. It's totally fine. There is one space that is kind of deliberately wonky where the car park um, goes at an angle. So you actually, if you park in that space, you get a bit more space on one side or the other. Yeah. So the best thing to do in that space is park deliberately wonky. So you get best <laughs> of very, both worlds. But you still, you still give yourself a hard time, even when you utilise that space well. <laughs> That's kind of you to say. It's just interesting, the one with the most space, that's when I park the wonkiest. You know, it's not really how it should work, is it? Yeah, but at least then you protect your wing mirrors and the integrity of your doors. That is true, and it's still a fairly new <sighs> car, isn't it? Anyway. anyway, what should we talk about? Why don't we talk about what you were doing September of 1997? Oh, we're... <laughs> I should oh, straight in. <laughs> oh, we're revisiting that game, oh, it's been a while. Uh, September 97? Yeah. 
Right, September 97, I was I was starting my final year of A-levels. So it was my last year of school. Wow. I was just starting. And I remember school at that time was not going well for me. Sorry. I was... Basically, this... I could go into a bit more detail here because I, I was part of... I grew up in Buckinghamshire, which is a grammar school area, which means it's like selective school so you take a test when you're 11 or 12 and if you pass it you go to what's called a grammar school or a high school and if you don't then you go to a, a, a normal school <laughs> and so I, I went to I, I, I actually it's terrible talking about pass and fail but I actually failed that test but then I got through on what's called review so then I went to this high school and I really struggled this at this grammar school high school thing I really struggled because I'd scraped in and I was I couldn't keep up with all these clever people that kind of deserve to be there so I consequently as a 13 year old I felt really rubbish about myself 14 15 I didn't understand that I was you know I didn't really think about it enough to work out why I was struggling and I got all these terrible school reports. I found them the other day. I got these terrible school reports. Te- really? Yeah, telling me I was lazy. Um, oh, that's not good. Yeah. And now it's interesting looking back on those school reports as a teacher. And some of them are really rude. Anyway, by the time it got to September 97, I'd, I was scraping my through my A-levels. In fact, I wasn't. I'd been told I was going to fail them all. What A-levels and- did you do? I did, well, this is another bone of contention. I did maths, art, and PE. How hard was maths A-level? Well, maths A-level, I didn't want to do it. But oh. again, the school was so elitist and controlling that I they wouldn't let me do what I wanted to do. And I had to do what they wanted me to do. So, when, or, well, there was a compromise. So I, I wanted to study um, religious education, but they said that wasn't academic enough. So I remember the conversation very clearly. And I think my parents were there and they just they were they were very blunt about it. It's like, no, it's not academic enough, you need to do maths, English or science uh, as one of your subjects. You know, it's only my life that I'm <laughs> that I'm pursuing. But it's not my life, is it? It's their reputation for getting certain subjects. Yeah, it's definitely. And so but I didn't know that either at the time. So I had to do maths and I failed it. Of course I did, because maths A-level is incredibly hard, and unless you're incredibly gifted in that area. Anyway, so yeah, so there I was, facing up to just getting two A-levels, both of which I was flunking, because I didn't... Also, Matt, also PE A-level, can we just talk about PE A-level? I don't know what it's like now, but PE A-level at that time, it was basically... It, it was like sports science yeah, that's what it was and you had to you had an, a heck of a lot of biology yeah. and you, it was basically biology and sports psychology and sports science and a little bit of PE <laughs> yeah, that you do yourself but yeah. also the PE stuff that you did you had to be like almost Olympic standard to yeah. get a decent and I was okay at sport but I certainly wasn't Olympic standard um, what sport did you choose? Did you have to shoot like we had to I can't to remember. Like, I can't remember. I think I, I probably must have chosen basketball and then some sort of athletics. I think I did. I remember going to the running track and having to run 400 metres as quick as I could. And 
And I remember getting about 63 seconds, which is pretty quick, but it was nowhere near quick enough to get some grade. I might be misremembering this, but anyway, you can pick up on my hard Dunbar vibes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was it. Yeah, that that was. And so September, the, the kind of, it was like I was going into my final year of these A-level situations. And I remember my dad sitting me down and saying, we've got to sort this out because you can't come out of school with nothing. Um, and he was very, very calm about it, as he always was, but also very serious. And I remember thinking, I've got to turn this around. So anyway, I was doing art. Art was all, then all I was good at at that point. And so, but even then I wasn't working hard enough, apparently. So uh, so me and my friend Ollie, we, he was getting similar kind of feedback to me. <laughs> and we, we both committed to doing a painting every day. Yeah, we did a painting. Like, I, in the end, it worked out about five a week. We did about five drawings or paintings oh. a week. And it, and so inevitably, we really improved. Yeah. And we both got an A in our A-levels because wow. of it. And that, saved, awesome. that basically saved my A-levels because I that A got me enough points to get to the university to become a teacher. So if I hadn't have done that, it wouldn't have worked out. And I have a lot of bitterness, actually, if I'm honest, if I can be open about that. Always. About those days and about that, the, the education system in that particular area. Because when you grow up in that, you think that's normal. But then I moved away, became a teacher, and you realise, actually, Buckinghamshire and I think one other place, they still do that. They still mm-hmm. do that to kids, 11-year-olds. And it totally affects communities essentially in my opinion it totally affects the way you raise your kids and it it certainly affects the the atmosphere in primary schools because not only like we can relate like we do sats tests for our 11 year olds and a lot of the conversation in the build-up to that to to year six is about you know how they're going to do in sats and you've always got one eye on that right and there's pressure on that so imagine throwing another test into the mix that then selects what school people go to that that can really shape a community of people um, because you get people that do a lot of tutoring mm-hmm. and pay a lot of money to get their kids ready for this test. And the test itself is not like a normal SATS test. It's, it's very like lateral thinking and lots of code breaking and things like that. So it's not, or it I was, at, at least it was when I did it. It might have changed. Um, yeah, so that's quite a hot topic uh, in that particular area but then you talk to people that, are, that haven't grown up in the area and they don't know what you're talking about yeah. you know which I actually find really refreshing um, so yeah so that's a long answer to that question of what were you doing in September 97 I was facing some hard truths as a 17 year old next date please next date let's go for um, let's go 2001 no, that's a bit close. Let's go further. Let's go 2006. Let's go for February. 2006. <sighs> February 2006. So I was teaching... Oh, yeah, this is a good one. So February, February 2006, I went to Ghana in Africa. Oh, nice. So I, by this time I was working for... I was teaching. I've been teaching for three years. And I was working in Milton Keynes. And I remember very clearly someone coming into the staff room at one point and saying 
and pinning this thing on the board, the British Council, the British Council are looking for teachers mm -hmm. to go on a research trip to Ghana in Accra, oh. the capital, oh. and, and, and go around schools and just like look at what education is like. You've been on two so places. Like, yeah, so it's like, if it's, it's free, it's all paid for. Oh, so it's like, yeah, great. sign me up. Yeah. But I remember being like, I, be, I remember being really surprised at how few people wanted to yeah. get this spot. It's like, what? Free trip to Africa, yeah. you know, what? This is amazing opportunity. Mm. And it was just me and this other guy who signed up for it, and we both got selected. I think because nobody else signed up for it. <laughs> With, with, but it was a selection of teachers across Milton Keynes, basically, that got taken to represent the British Council and research teaching. And that was February half-term 2006. And it completely changed my life. Wow. It completely changed my life because, you know, we were, in, we were going into some very poor... We were going to a whole range of schools in, in Accra and in the surrounding areas. And the thing that struck me was these children don't have anything compared to what we have over yeah. here and what our kids have and yet they were so happy can only you, imagine you know, how much it puts your life into perspective oh massively and i remember just the, just the constant singing yeah just kids singing great. all the time in the playground every game they were playing in the playground was was around singing and dancing and they would play these games in these huge circles just singing and chanting and dancing it's just like amazing that's so sad. um and then you find out a lot of them walk like five miles to school every day. But again, singing all the way, you know. Well, at least that's what, I, that's what we saw of them, you know. And very, very, like, classrooms of 40 or 50 at that time, squashed in, no resources, kind of rote learning. Um, but just incredibly interesting and a real privilege to to have that opportunity to do that and it completely changed my life so that was a good month to choose thanks for choosing that yeah that's, that's one of the great. one of the highlights of my life really you've been to lots of places haven't you Teaching yeah or not, I feel like i've taught in four four different countries officially and yeah and then i've been been lucky to travel a bit would you ever go back to one of them now oh yeah in a flash yeah which would you go to if I could only go back to one of the countries yeah. that I've taught in. Oh, that's a great question. Um, well, it's so different, my experience. So I've taught in the USA, mm -hmm. in North Carolina. I've taught in Russia, in a place called Razan and surrounding areas. And then I've taught in um, Ghana, in Accra. I mean, I mean... It's a bit of a stretch to call what I was doing in Ghana t teaching, actually. But I did do a few little lessons, token gesture things. Um, I would love to go back to Ghana, actually, and check out, return there. It would be nice to see if, how they've progressed. And if yeah, they and how, what's changed, yeah. yeah. Um, I'd love to take, like, yeah, my current colleagues there. Like, awesome. I went with Ooh. colleagues at the time. Um and I'd love to go, yeah, do that again. That would be good. But then, but then also have a lot of... Um, I'd love to also return to Russia and see how... The, the, the teachers I worked with in Russia were very... Uh, were amazing people. They... You really don't get... 
paid very well to teach in Russia, as I understand it. Well, certainly where the teachers I worked with, and you really do it out of a sense of a love, essentially, for the kids. Um, so I'd love to see how those guys are doing um, that I worked with there. But yeah, thanks. That's a good question. What about you? Well, I've never taught anywhere else other than here. I really wanted to. I think... Maybe you will. Well, you're still... Well, the thing is, you're still younger than I was before I even went to any of these places. So actually, yeah, yeah, the world's your lobster there. I've thought about it a lot. Maybe in a couple of years. We'll see what happens. I'd I'd like to go and experience what it's like in some in some other places now i've kind of got here kind of under my belt a little bit more it's one of the great things about teaching is that wherever you go in the world there are schools yeah you know and therefore opportunities to to see other cultures and other places and it's it's amazing really when you think about it yeah it's a great opportunity to visit other places around the world as well the world is so huge so much to see so many places to visit yeah yeah totally and it's really interesting seeing how different countries approach educating kids you know simple as that um some countries have a great reputation for their education systems and others less so Mm. uh we won't get into that sort of debate (laughs) um but yeah the UK, not the best, not the worst. <laughs> Let's just say that. No. Yeah. Um, I was having a debate today with one of our colleagues about handwriting. I was and talking about this with my class actually a couple of days ago about how you uh, know it's. I think for the children, so the children we teach are what 10, 11 years old, and we were chatting. Sorry, I feel like I really jumped on. No, you no, it's good because I've done a lot of talking. Um, but we were chatting about so how the, you know the time that those children are are sort of reaching their adult life and they're looking for jobs. Things like handwriting you would think would be so just outdated. I'm not saying it's not necessary and it's not important, but think of us now as adults. What do we handwrite other than when we're marking? Do you handwrite anything? No. Really? No, and, unless it's something sort of therapeutically or yeah. some sort of. Um, almost like in an artistic way in the same way I might sit down to do a little sketch or a drawing I might sit down to write something in a journal as a as a form of kind of expression or um yeah therapeutic yeah exactly but I think that's where that's the only place handwriting has really in modern day life you know rightly or wrongly and it I think it's interesting then on the teaching side of things uh, and we can talk more about this when we've got more time so we're about to finish here but um, in fact, let's bank this and then yeah, we'll hit we'll hit, we'll hit record. Yeah. We'll hit pause here and then join us next time when we'll be debating handwriting in 2021 in schools, in life, and then increasingly, obviously, tech is taking that. Yeah, tech is, 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 the big one. is making handwriting obsolete. Until then, thanks. And goodbye for now.